Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in, friends, our fun little ghouls and goblins on this special Halloween edition of the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. It is a Tuesday afternoon. We're here. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. What is going on, everybody? There's SP3. He's joining us. Look at that. What is going on? I had to put on my Halloween costume to, to <laughs> match the occasion for you. I'm the big dog. Not no tribal chief. Oh, man. We had some battles back in the day, did we not? Old school Roman Reigns. Suffering succotash Roman Reigns, shall we say. Maybe as L.A. Knight would say. Ahead of Crown Jewel. Great promo exchange between those two on uh, Friday night on SmackDown. We are just days away here from WWE Crown Jewel. Saturday afternoon or Saturday morning, depending on where you are out there, folks. So, uh Make sure to set your clocks accordingly. Don't do what I did the last time there was a Saudi Arabia pay-per-view and forget that it was on during the afternoon and just like miss the complete first hour of it. All right. So just, just be prepped, be prepared, be ready, set your reminders. Welcome in to the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Rick Uccino here with SP3, rocking the old school Bray Wyatt and Roman Reigns. This all hallows eve we appreciate you guys joining us here we got a lot to talk about mjf and kenny omega put on a classic on saturday uh, did tony khan on a saturday night in october two weeks out from a pay-per-view just just giving us free pay-per-view level classic matches for the world title on aew collision uh god bless that man uh, unfortunately brian danielson is going to be missing more action due to another injury so we will dive into that ronda rousey has made her return to professional wrestling on a much smaller stage but honestly that might be the best thing for her uh overall and look we got a lot to talk about from monday night raw last night i want to play a game of trick or treat with SP3 when it comes to the WWE Raw women's division and tag team division, because there is some groundwork that is being laid to build both of these brands up, especially on Monday Night Raw, last, uh, Monday Night Raw the past few weeks. If you have paid any kind of attention, you can tell the difference ever since the report that Ari Emanuel took Vince McMahon and said, nah, we're going to park you on the bench and let Triple H do his thing. And Triple H's thing, especially is tag team wrestling and he has got this division back on point uh so far so much to the point sp3 i'm already like can we take these titles off of judgment day and like <laughs> or separate these bad boys out because uh they got some teams that are ready to cook now uh so we're gonna play a little game of trick-or-treat and we got so much more uh to dive into including something that was suggested by john moxley this week sp3 i don't know if you saw his uh his comments on a possible concussion protocol in professional wrestling. So we're going to dive into all of that today. But SP3, first things first, as always, most important question I'm going to ask today. How are you doing this fine Halloween? Ricky Chino is asking me if I've uh, 
if I've heard something in the world of wrestling and he hasn't been aware of my new alias, yes, ladies and gentlemen, I am Jerome YouTube. Yes, I am the true heel phenom, but now I am the best man. So I was busy oh. doing best man things. So I did not hear a lot of the wrestling stuff. So a lot of this stuff will be new to me. <laughs> no, but of course, because I have to work even when I'm when I'm supposed to be away. Oh, yeah. I did I did keep up to date with AEW and WWE stuff so I can be ready for the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. We're and professionals, I, damn it. Yes, I, I want to tell you that I've I prepared wearing this vest, but no, I just found this vest like 10 minutes ago, right before the show, because <laughs> I realized I was doing a show with Ricky Chino, who's going to be wearing a Bray Wyatt costume, and I didn't want him to be ridiculous <laughs> on Halloween by himself. So, dude, I was told, dude, you no, no, no worries, okay? I was <laughs> totally ridiculous all by myself. I am like my my day job is at a radio station, right? Everybody knows this by this by this point. I show up at the station. I am the only person dressed up from six o'clock in the morning until um, about 11 when our midday sports guy comes in and he's dressed up like Spider-Man. And I'm like, thank God, because nobody in this office building on any floor, on any level. And I know because I asked the dudes down at the deli down on the first floor. It's like, has anybody come in dressed up or is it just my dumbass? Because I put on my costume. Because I had to rush home and immediately do this. There ain't no time to change, right? I had to yeah. get everything set up. Here I am looking like a retiree who should be chilling on a on a beach in Boca Raton <laughs> trying to do my work. And we got clients who are being brought into the station. And I'm the only jackass sitting there in a costume until Tony Pike, God bless him, the best quarterback in the history of UC football, shows up dressed as Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, see, no, I, I was all alone. I was on an island all by myself. Me and Tony, the only good co-workers and friends to Ricky Chino. I did I did ironically wear this shirt, which is uh if you are BTE fans, uh this is back in I think I think it's 2018, 2019. Uh the young bucks started the FTRR, which was fuck the Roman Reigns. So I thought that was funny <laughs> to wear that shirt under the Roman Reigns vest. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, by the way, you're going to those of you who are watching on the YouTube channel, which we always appreciate the support, give this video a thumbs up. Uh, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. We're like three away from our, our November goal here of 700. We're at like 697. Tell three friends. Come on, people. We're right make, there. Use right your there. fake email account. Use your fake email account <laughs> that you use for your second Netflix and make a YouTube <laughs> And hit the subscribe button so we can hit 700 subscribers here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I do a podcast every Tuesday with Rick Eugino. And I don't know if you know, but he is the sir in Do You Feel Me, Sir? Yes. Or Do You Feel Him, feel Sir? Him, Sir. Yes. Yes. I love how you, you tweet that to me as Jay Uso is popping up on my screen last night. It was it was serendipitous. It was just perfect timing. It was great. Uh, so good on you for that. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, by the way, at TrueHeelSP3 and at Rick Uchino, spelled R-I-C-K-U-C-C-H-I-N-O. For those who are listening on the podcast, for those who are watching the YouTube channel, you're going to notice me do something a lot today. You're going to notice me do this or this. I have been adjusting glasses that are not on my face sp3 all fucking day long it is just a natural movement like i'm gonna poke myself in the eye at some point today i have contacts back from my wrestling training i haven't put them on in in like since i hurt my back because i prefer what i look like in glasses and it's like 
no, I'm, I'm like constantly adjusting air today. So that that's what you, you're going to see a lot of me just adjusting ghosts, uh, shall we say, a ghost of my glasses on my nose. So if you're wondering what the fuck Seems I'm doing, this this is this is what I'm doing. I'm adjusting glasses uh, that aren't there. I got to thank our friends over at Bet Online. We would not be here right now without them. And uh, with my contacts in, I I can't read the the script because my <laughs> I, I, I I can't read close up <laughs> with my contacts in. Uh, just know that they got everything you need for NFL, college football, NBA, MLB. It's all up there. Player odds, news, information, everything you could possibly want to make. The most uh, intelligent bet that you can. It is right there at betonline.ag or on your mobile device. Uh, download the app. Sign up for the first time. Use our promo code BELIEVE, that is B-L-E-A-V, and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. See, I don't need no script. I can do it from memory baby but uh sp3 it is a pay-per-view weekend as we said crown jewel is coming up uh this coming saturday and this is a, a pretty good show that uh, it's another b show right but it's a saudi show so maybe maybe nah, it's more like a b plus show b plus show yeah, if, yeah, it's yeah. Not, if it's not if it's not the big it's not the big four but the saudi shows have upgraded from glorified house shows to b pay-per-views to more like b plus a minor a yeah. minus show we, we've seen where 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 triple h has decided not to be a five match merchant that he's been for freaking the last two months yeah with their um there have been some important things that have happened at Saudi Arabia pay-per-views. Bray Wyatt winning the Universal Championship for one, right? Like, so we, there have, it, it's Goldberg not Goldberg winning the Universal Championship. <sighs> you just had to bring that up. Man, just had to fucking bring that up. But anyways, like, yes, some important things have gone down in Saudi Arabia pay-per-views, right? So this isn't one of those where you're going in thinking, okay, the wrestling's going to be great, but let's hurry up and get to the important stuff, right? This, this, pay-per-view to me sp3 feels like it could go one of two ways it could be one of those where hey this wrestling was great there was some really great stuff that was on this highly entertained by it but nothing nothing really earth shattering happened as a result of it or triple h is about to shake up the yahtzee container and chuck it down on the ground and see where all the chips lie at the end of the chaos that could happen i feel like we're either getting like four title changes or we're getting none uh but a lot of it is centered around the WWE Universal Championship and the World Heavyweight Championship as Damian Priest last night, I thought WWE did a great job of setting up these matches as literally anybody could win. Like Damian Priest is, is talking about, I, I may go out there and I could cash in on, on uh, Seth Rollins or I could cash in on Drew McIntyre or I could cash in on Roman Reigns or I could cash in on LA Knight. Look at them being cute, thinking that LA Knight could actually win the WWE Universal Championship. <laughs> Like, it's like it's like it's like oh it's nice of you to decide that you you want to make la night seem like a person i feel like smackdown was the first time yeah i actually tried to say oh he he, he could hit his finisher on roman reigns oh yeah right a great showing for la night on saturday but i i, I on friday no, on friday the promo the promo was excellent the yeah it was, on was excellent. it was on but point like i don't he, believe i don't believe one iota He's going to win against Roman Reigns. No, I, I I don't either. And you know, it was I, look the the match outcome is already well determined. We know Roman Reigns is winning. It would as much as people are clamoring for LA Knight to win this matchup. And look again, 
in the same lines that Drew had to win in in the UK and Sammy had to win in Montreal and Cody had to win at Mania and Jey Uso had to win. Everybody's saying LA Knight's got to win. It's not. I, I don't I, hear. I I don't I don't know. Maybe it's because I've been away for a week, but I don't hear that from people. I don't. I feel like it's the law of diminishing returns. Of we've been there. We've done this now four different times. Sure. Of it's nice that that LA Knight is having his moment in the main event scene. That's yeah. what that's what feels like the overwhelming feeling of this matchup more more than oh LA Knight has to win. Yeah, I, I there by that I mean there is a there's obviously a large portion of the WWE universe who wants to see LA Knight win this matchup. And I, unfortunately, I'm not there. I'm not there because at this point, the way they've set everything up and the way they're now booking Cody and they've steered him back up on his story, I want Cody to be the guy. So it all comes down to how do you beat LA Knight this weekend, right? I don't believe Damian Priest is going to get involved in Roman Reigns or LA Knight in, in one small bit. They've been setting everything up for Damian Priest with Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins. That's the most interesting outcome to me is does Seth retain? Does Drew win the title? Does Damian even cash in this weekend? Where, where are your, your feelings on what they're going to be doing with these two world championships. Obviously Roman's retaining, but how does he beat LA Knight? And then what do you think the result might be here with the, the world heavyweight championship picture? Um, he spears LA Knight like four, four times and pins him one, two, three, uh, after like a 20 minute match where LA Knight almost wins. And then solo Sokoa comes out and pulls out the referee. And then John Cena comes out and fights him off. And then Jimmy Uso comes out and super kicks LA Knight. And then Jay Uso comes out to fight off his brother and fight him to the back. And then the judgment day comes out and then Cody comes out and then Sammy comes out and then KO comes out. And in the midst of all of that, Roman hits the spear four times and wins. As far as the World Heavyweight <laughs> Championship matchup, yeah, that's a lot more interesting because Drew McIntyre is the most interesting character on Monday Night Raw right now. And his video package last night only furthered that with the, I thought that was one of the best video packages that WWE had done in a very, very long time where they visually and with his words told you the story of him winning the WWE Championship in the empty performance center and his journey and him hanging on to the fact that his second chance was stolen away from him by the bloodline and holding again holding that against Jay Uso, but feeling that this is now his opportunity to make everything right against Seth, the same guy that he defended his championship against as his first challenger back in 2020. He's gonna beat him and be his last defense of his world title match. I thought that was perfectly done. All that I'm withstanding. I think Damian Priest attempts to cash in money in the bank and is the reason why Drew does not win the world heavyweight championship and Seth Rollins retains. Yeah, that would be, that would be a great story moving forward because then you can take the focus of, Oh, well, Drew McIntyre is hung up on the bloodline to, Oh, well now Drew McIntyre is hung up on the judgment day. And here's the difference. He's a member of the raw roster with judgment day. So he can do something about that. Whereas the bloodline has been separated from him. Now he could whoop Jay Uso's ass anytime he wants to, but he's, and they kind of tease that there a little bit, but he could be the reason why the judgment day starts getting torn down and maybe they drop the tag team titles or Dominic drops the North American championships. There's a lot of different angles that they could go with that. 
um, I, I would not mind that uh, at all. As far as your, your booking for LA night, I do think that's ultimately probably what WWE is going to do. I'm hoping to be pleasantly surprised though, because that's what they've done for literally every single Roman Reigns match. And I'm, I don't know if that's a Vince or a triple H call. I, I don't, I, it I, seems like it's a triple H call because it started happening more when triple H got into power than what it was before. Roman just used to beat people. Look at John Cena at SummerSlam. Yeah. Look at look at Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 38. Like he just beat these people. It wasn't all this this like attitude era s stuff, which <laughs> was kind of the thing of Triple H when he was the top heel in WWE. It was yeah, the right, it was. run-ins, the cor the corporation or DX or the McMahon Helmsley regime, like evolution. And if all else fails, I grab the sledgehammer and you know call it a day. Yeah, that does seem to be more his M.O., but I'm actually, like, listening to, to Bully Ray today, and I don't agree with a whole lot of what he says, but he's talking about how they have a chance to pull what they did with Steve Austin with L.A. Knight, and I would much rather prefer L.A. Knight to, you know, get close, have it be a one-on-one -on -one matchup. Maybe John Cena takes out Solo early on in the show, and he's a non-factor. Um, LA Knight could take out Jimmy Uso because he's basically Steve Urkel at this point, And he is screwing up literally walking through a door. Uh, like every, he could take him out. No problem. Level playing field. Take him out with the guillotine and have him pass out. Like, don't, don't actually like pin this man. Cause like, if you, you could find a way to maybe screw him without doing all the extra bells and whistles. But I think like him actually just passing out and not losing so to speak not getting pinned not tapping out would go a long way if you have any kind of plans to make him a main eventer because everything like along this along the way here it's like it's a test for la night does he pass this test does he pass that test the two weeks ago on smackdown it was the okay does he belong does he pass the eyeball test does he belong in the same ring with john cena and roman reigns and he passed that test this past week it was the promo exchange test with roman reigns and it's like okay yeah, he passed that one. This one, it's let, let's deliver that big match. Let's deliver the big main event angle. Let's have a great match. We'll give you a moment with a strong booking and then see how how high your trajectory is for this meteoric rise that you're on right now. The booking matters on this, and I really hope it's not just the same old crap that they've been doing to Kevin Owens and Sammy and but, literally but everybody that, else. But like when you said all that with, the, oh, he should get the guillotine and pass out, I was like, that should have been the booking for Sami Zayn. That should have probably been the booking for Drew McIntyre. That should have definitely been the booking for Cody Rhodes. That could have been the booking for Jay Uso. They didn't choose to do that any of those other times. What makes you think that this LA Knight is going to be did the that? They huh? did it. When was the last challenger they did it? They, they did it. They did it with a bunch of people early on when Vince was booking. Mm. Sorry, no. sorry. So I know, I know, I know. Yeah, no, we'll give credit where credit's due. I, I, yeah, I know, I know. People hate when I bring it up, but I'm just like, yo, when Roman, when Roman was booked by Vince, he was booked like he was just booked like a strong heel who yeah. beat, who just straight up beat Brock Lesnar, who just straight up beat John Cena. Who, yes, he got he cheated to beat uh, Kevin Owens at Royal Rumble 2021. He cheated to beat. Uh, Kevin Owens in a steel cage, but he cheated to beat him in TLC. So he, they are, there were certain people that he cheated to to beat. But even when he cheated, like at WrestleMania 37 against Brian Danielson and Edge, 
they still made him look like the strong heel in the end because he stacked both guys up and pinned both of them. Ain't no I cheating in a triple threat, by the way. Ain't no like, cheating in a triple threat. Like, like I understand that pretty much when Triple H comes into power, the work with Roman Reigns is done. They've already booked him as this strong heel, but it's just like, damn, that I, I, I feel like I already know what's going to happen. This yeah, time. hopefully pleasantly surprised. That's what I'm, I'm hoping for. Let's give me something different. Give me something new here, because otherwise we're just playing the hits with a different person. Because if they do that at Saudi Arabia, oh well, then damn, you know they're doing that to AJ Styles at the Royal Rumble. And then if he has another title match, you know they're going to do that again at Elimination Chamber in Australia. They don't need to do that with AJ Styles because you have defined down AJ Styles in the past like five years so much that you don't need, Roman doesn't need to do that. You need to do that with, with LA Knight. That protects him. And and what they've proven with these examples that we just said, like, like despite me just, what, two months ago being like, are these guys quite as over as they once were and i said and i said no to all of them i will say two months later all of those guys seem to be on a on a good path now drew mcintyre with this whole new character cody rose seemed to be back on the path to roman reigns jay uso is as popular as he ever been Sami Zayn seems to have a new direction on monday night raw the decision to put him on a kickoff show against shady mcdonald's i mean choices were made but uh, every everybody seems to be in the same direction. Are they quite as over as they were before they faced Roman Reigns? No, but they are on a path and they do have a story. Sure. Uh, Bonkers LFC saying, do you know what another streamer said? I'd love if you knew that streamer so we could give them credit for it. Uh, said LA Knight pins Roman, but all this comes out and says continue the match because Roman got his foot on the rope. Ref didn't see it. Uh, match continues. Roman then spears for the win bonkers whoever that streamer was just took my booking from wrestlemania that's what i said to do i said the dusty finish at wrestlemania with cody and they didn't do it then so that's why i don't think they're gonna do it now that would be a great power play for aldis as well because we we're really just getting into the early stages of what kind of a general manager he would be so for him to come out and kind of ruin la Knight's moment like he won but he really didn't and you know that now now the tribal chief is is getting protecting you could do a whole storyline branched off of that where la knight now thinks that nick aldis is in the pocket of paul Heyman and roman reigns even though he's just trying to be right down the middle as possible you could have la knight and nick aldis kind of do something here where they're at odds with one another even though nick aldis isn't a heel he isn't a baby face or whatever you want to be but there's there's a path that you can go with that with LA Knight. Whereas if he just gets all this shit that happens and he gets beat, well then, you know, where do you go with LA Knight from here? Eventually I do like your idea. And I believe MCAS brought it up uh, in the chat as well. LA Knight, future U S champion. He beats Logan Paul uh, at WrestleMania 40, Logan Paul, a heavy favorite to win the title this weekend. And I, I think he will win that. And I think he should win that. Um, but yeah, there, anything that creates more story and a different Avenue for LA Knight to take the heat off of the bloodline. Because if he just gets screwed over by the bloodline, well, then he's just another Drew McIntyre that's walking around saying, oh, the bloodline screwed me, the bloodline screwed me, and this, that, and the other. Give me a different direction and a different path for LA Knight coming out of this. So that I wouldn't mind that Nick Aldis finish because it gives another direction. 
uh, for LA Knight. We'll dive into this. I just don't want Nick Aldis to be just another heel authority figure. I thought we were going away from that. But but that's what I'm saying. He comes out and he is being down the middle. He's not in the pocket of Roman. He's not in the pocket of Paul Heyman. He's doing what he believes to be right. But LA Knight. I mean, differently. That that type of finish, either it's obvious that he has his foot on the ropes, and it's just like, ah, oh, they just did the dusty finish. It's one of those ah moments instead of the uh, oh, and people actually think he wins. Right. Uh, which that's what you want. If you do a dusty finish, you want it in a way where you get the pop of the win. But if it's old. if it's you obvious can... he has his foot on the ropes, that's that's one thing. If it's if it's not obvious and all this comes out and points it out, despite him being right, he's the heel because he is he is in favor of Roman Reigns. It doesn't matter how you guys try to spin it in your head. What if how they it's did... gonna be to the fans is he's the heel because he is going against the person they want to see win. What if they did the Jericho Triple H? where Jericho got the roll-up and the ref did a fast count. Like something that, you know, Roman does to the ref, whether it punches and pisses him off, something like that. They did the the Jericho Triple H where he, where he rolls him up and you do think that he won the title because the referee's decision is final. Not saying it has to be that exact thing, but something along those lines. And then Nick Aldis comes out and does it instead of the foot on the rope. They could find another avenue to do it. I'm just spitballing here. Guys, I spent a lot of time on this show on other platforms before SummerSlam coming up with 101 <laughs> different creative ways to end Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso with the understanding that Roman Reigns was going to win and to protect Jey Uso and to avoid the stupidity that would be a Jimmy Uso heel turn. And they decided to go with the Jimmy Uso heel turn. <laughs> so I'm not going to waste my time here and try to think of any type of creative ways y'all guys want to do or recapturing a moment from the past and doing it over here. These are all fine and dandy. If WWE does it, I'll be pleasantly surprised. But for now, I think that I think for all of our safe and our mental health, we just need to go in with the assumption of multiple inferences, spear, one, two, three, Roman Reigns wins. We'll dive into that match and all the matches uh, for Crown Jewel coming up uh, this Thursday. It is going to be myself, uh, Aridian Fierro, and Cresta, the star of the the reunion of the Fightful Collision post-show here on Believe in Pro Wrestling. I will be making my return to Fightful uh, this coming Saturday, uh, by the way. So I had to take October off for some work-related uh, bookings, and now I am back. So me and the ladies, we're going to... We're gonna, Get back together. We're going to talk about Crown Jewel. Then we'll talk about Collision this coming Saturday over on the Fightful YouTube channel. Subscribe to both channels, please, by the way. But that'll come out on uh, Thursday afternoon. By the way, tomorrow on this channel at noon, my conversation with the new baddest woman on the planet, Shayna Baszler, will be dropping right here on Believe in Pro Wrestling. So make sure to uh, subscribe now. Get those notifications on. The old baddest woman on the planet is still wrestling, though. She is. And we'll get into that in just a few moments. First things first, I want to talk about this AEW world title picture, which is, um, man, does MJF have a massive target on his back? I love what Tony Khan is now doing with MJF as in his, for the first time in his, really his career, he looks more vulnerable now than ever. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's now the the baby face and he's shouldering a tag team title run on his own with the Ring of Honor tag team titles. 
He is no idea where his best friend and Adam Cole is right now, but because of that relationship with Adam Cole, he's now jumping through hoops and making and taking chances and taking risks and like fighting with honor and doing all of these things that he never did before. All of these, these safeguards that he put in place for himself as the, the big douchebag scumbag heel that kept him on top. The Roman Reigns type title defenses where I will only defend my championship when I deem it as uh, a worthy opponent and I will do it on my time. Now he's accepting challenges from Kenny Omega and he's saying I'll tell you what I'll meet you three days from now on collision and I will put my longest reigning uh title run as AEW world champion on the line I'll give you a shot to hang on to your title and then those two go out and they just put on an absolute classic on a Saturday night on TNT just absolutely ridiculous and then I'm expecting some kind of devil mask bullshit finish nah no, those two just went out there and Max earned a victory. Another classic title defense for MJF is he just keeps racking him up one after another SP3. And then on top of that, you have dudes like Samoa Joe, who are is looking like the coolest MFer on the planet, just patiently waiting for his next opportunity at Max, trying to strike deals uh, with Max to get another opportunity at the AEW World Championship. You have Switchblade Jay White, who's actually carrying around his belt right now like it's already his. He's getting his shot at full gear on November 18th at the Kia Forum. Win two tickets, by the way, to that by subscribing to the channel and retweeting my pinned tweet. Today's the last day to register for that giveaway. We'll be announcing our winners tomorrow. And then you've got Wardlow. You've got Wardlow, who ain't saying hardly shit. Like, he cut his first promo since coming back this week, talking about how he whooped MJF's ass. And yet, this is the man that is now walking around as the face of AEW with the World Heavyweight Championship, a belt that should rightfully be his. And he is putting this man on notice, just writing MJF on his wrist pads while he is powerbomb symphonying people into an oblivion. One after another, new challengers lined up. And I still think Adam Cole is going to end up being a challenger as well once the, the devil is finally unmasked. I, I could not be more pleased with how they are now booking babyface MJF. And this is going to end in a blaze of glory for MJF. I like. I still think Adam Cole is going to be the guy who takes the title off of him. But it could be Switchblade in the Kia form. It could be Samoa Joe down the line. My personal vote would be, yeah, let's go ahead and put that belt on Wardlow because this is the exact type of situation that I said I would like to see play out. And you laughed at me earlier this year, SP3, like that would even be a possibility. Well, now it looks like it's a possibility. A lot of interesting things being set up by Tony Khan here. Yes, uh, the world title picture is probably the most interesting it has been uh, since the buildup to Hangman Adam Page versus Kenny Omega. It just feels like so many people are in the mix, uh, like MJF. Uh, this rain, like this rain, has had so many classics in it, and the seemingly these Kenny Omega matchup. Uh, somehow was able to live up to the standard of his Iron Man matchup with Brian Danielson, his uh, four-way matchup with Darby Allen, Jungle Boy, and Sammy Guevara, his matchup in the main event of All In in front of 80,000 with Adam Cole. I loved his matchup at Grand Slam. I saw it live with Samoa Joe. And now you got this matchup here, and it's just like, man, it's like, which one do you choose as the best 
matchup he's ever had because he it's literally in those three in those matches that I just named it was a different MJF every single time it's MJF the heel in a marathon match against one of the greatest wrestlers of all time Brian Danielson and he gives us the greatest Iron Man match of all time it's MJF who is clearly head and shoulders above overall as a performer, the other three performers he's in the ring with, and he brings them up. And we have, we see one of the greatest four-way matches that we've ever seen of all time. It's MJF now transforming before our eyes from this heel character that has established himself for four years as the most detestable, disgusting individual in wrestling. And now we are seeing a more sympathetic side of him because he's met someone who meets him on his level and they have this friend versus friend matchup where MJF weirdly is the babyface because Adam Cole is a lot more aggressive. And then we see the babyface MJF Versus a monster in Samoa Joe who just wants to rip him and tear him apart. And then we get to see Babyface MJF back in a marathon matchup. But now it's Babyface versus Babyface. And he's going move for move with another one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Like, that alone makes you one of the greatest champions we have seen. And in a year of 2023, like we have seen some of the greatest champions in titles history. I think MJF with this victory has solidified himself as the greatest AEW world champion. And I like, I get baffled and I get in debates. I get in spirited debates without getting it disgusting. Cause I know a lot of wrestling fans, y'all know how to do that. But I know how to do that without it going leaning into discussing this or anything like that. I could be friendly in debate because I don't understand the people that are like, oh, MJF, this title reign needs to end. Yo, I'm, I'm, I'm over it. I'm over. I don't get that. This title reign has legs now. He's a baby face. He has all these people targeting, whether it's Switchblade Jay White, whether it was Kenny Omega, whether it's Warlow, whether it's Samoa Joe, whether it's Roddy Strong, Roddy Strong and OGK. I think Hobbs was looking more at Omega because I think he can do it Hobbs versus Omega. Fair. Full gear. But. Like, there's so many different people. This is probably the hottest the AEW World Championship uh, scene has been. And all of that going on without naming the fact that the two guys that I think are going to be the next two AEW World Champions, I think the next two AEW World Champions are feuding right now. And whoever comes out of that feud is going to be the guy who wins. And I think the guy who wins is not going to be Hangman Adam Page. It's going to be Swerve Strickland because when you have a title reign, when you have a title reign this long, it's all about making the next guy. Remember, we talked about that so much with Roman Reigns. We're still talking about it. Through this story, through this story, a finished story, they have seemingly kind of made it in a way where Cody can beat Roman and become the next guy. He can go on his run and be the top guy. But Swerve, they have set him up perfectly where he has had this steady rise and i think once he's past hangman he is the guy that beats mjf for the aew world championship yeah there and look the thing i love most about this is they've they've really kind of centered especially the dynamite storylines they've centered everything around mjf he's got like you said everything with 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 roddy and adam and you know adam's a reference character at this point while he's he's off television right now whether he's Again, I believe he is legitimately injured. I don't believe he is as injured as he says he was. I don't think it's as severe. At least that's still my theory, and I'm sticking to it until I'm proven wrong. 
uh, until the devil takes off his mask and it's Britt Baker or somebody else. I'm going to hold on to that theory. But even the stuff that he's doing with with Max Caster right now, like he's just involved with so many different moving pieces on this show. They've really centered everything around him, which, you know, I don't know. He he cut a promo this week. I believe it was after collision, after his match with Kenny Omega, where he still brought up the fact that, you know, his contract is up in 2024 and he doesn't know what he he's going to do. But the fact that so much of this show is centered around him right now and we are quickly approaching 2024, it's November 1st tomorrow, guys. Makes me feel like he maybe already has made a decision or Tony Khan is confident that he's going to be able to keep him around for a little bit yeah. longer. I mean, there it just he's, doesn't feel like there's there's any animosity towards AEW and it feels like he's going to be sticking around. He feels like he's being booked like the elite He before they resign. He feels like he's being booked bef like FTR before they resign. Like, it just feels like he's going to stay. And it's just like, at this point with how AEW has centered everything around him, how he is clearly the number one draw, especially when you looked at this week's Dynamite rating, where the first two segments, the first 30 minutes of the show is centered around MJF, and we're in the 900,000s. And then as soon as he's off the screen, we drop 200,000 uh, viewers, like, yeah. what the hell like yeah. my entire show around him right now too exactly i'd be i'd be trying to get him on every freaking quarter hour at this point like what the hell so yeah and you know what makes this most the most thing that makes us all impre the impressive the most he's only 27 he's all, he's just getting started yeah i don't and even and think he's his time yet and that's why the smart move for him is to resign with AEW for like five more years. Because regardless of you being as talented as you are at 27 years old, you're never going to be that that number one guy at 27 years old. You're not going to be that number one guy at 28 years old. You're not going to be that number one guy at 29 years old in WWE. They just don't do that. They 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 don't. But if he signs a three year no, deal. I'm sorry. There's no buts. He, he can sign a three-year deal with WWE. He's never gonna be the number one guy that he is right now. And it's I know gonna MJF, take time. It's gonna take time. The number one guy. It all depends on it. Look, it's gonna take time when he comes to AEW, regardless. Because look, Cody has been one of the most over babyfaces since he got there. He still ain't the number one guy. And he, we're we're coming up on what two years at this point. So it's gonna take Cody, time. So it's whatever he wants 30, to start. Cody was clock. 36. Exactly. Cody was 36. When does MJF want to start his WWE clock? Because whether he goes in at 28, 29, 30, or 32, you got to add two or three years before you're going to be the number one guy. So do you want to be the number one guy in WWE at 32, or do you want to be the number one guy in WWE at 35? It all depends on whenever he wants to start that clock, whether he signs a three- or a five-year deal. Now, Tony Khan's going to want to sign him to five, six, seven years like he did uh, with Adam Cole or Malachi Black. He's going to want to try and get one of these one of these long-term extensions. Tony Khan is going to approach this like he is signing a franchise-level quarterback, which he should, by the way. He should be saying, sign a seven-year contract extension right now, and I will give you Joe Burrow money. Like, that's what he should be trying to do right now. And if not Max, I'm going, all right, done. I'm, I'm the star of this show for the next five, six years? Cool, done, signed, sealed, delivered. Uh, one guy who's not going to be around uh, for much longer, as been well documented, is Brian Danielson. Um, and unfortunately, the final countdown of the American Dragon here has hit a speed bump in a road. He is injured again. Suffered a broken orbital bone. 
Maybe this is why he's getting ready to retire here, SP3, because the injuries are starting to pile up here for him, unfortunately. Thankfully, this doesn't sound like he's going to be out too long, but we ain't going to see him for the rest of this year. Ain't no way around it. This just sucks. Just hopefully he's back quickly and we can get back to, to watching this epic year that he's already started on here uh, so far uh, toward the end of 2023. I've said it once to say it again. Brian Danielson is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. He's my favorite wrestler of all time. He's the greatest wrestler of all time, in my opinion. In ring, I think there's no one better than him. But also, my favorite, and in my opinion, the greatest basketball player of all time, was Kobe Bean Bryant. And I had to watch his final years to be spent with him getting injured year after year after year. Before he did a whole speech, he said it was the final countdown. It was his final year. And he got injured that year, too. And it feels like I'm seeing it all over again with someone that I love, someone that I view as my favorite, someone I, I view as the greatest. I feel the like same I'm way with Joey Votto. You, you just described my feelings with Joey Votto and the, and the Cincinnati Reds. And, you know, this was supposed to be his last hurrah. And, yeah, he got hurt for much of the season. And then in his final game in a Reds uniform, he gets tossed in his first at bat. So, yeah, no, I, I get it. I feel it. I'm with you on that one for sure. It sucks. Uh, hopefully he comes back and he's back soon. Um, and, he, and, and he can stay healthy the rest of the time, hopefully. But um, maybe they maybe they slow things down with him a little bit, you know, like he he has been going boom, 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 boom since he came back. Maybe they do kind of slow things down. They go for more of the quality than the quantity kind of situation with him. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see how they change things up. What's the main event uh, of World's End in New York City? SP3. That was one of the big news stories that came out this week. What do you think it is? What do you think you're going to be watching? Is it in Long Island? Is that where it's at? Yeah. It's in yeah. Long Island. Uh, oh, MJF will be in the main event. Oh, obviously. Obviously, yeah. it's uh, MJF. Um, I, Is I Adam mean, Cole? Is Adam Cole? No, I don't, think, I don't think Adam Cole will be back by then. I think Adam Cole will be back in 2024. Um, it, depends, it depends on a lot of different things. It depends on how the rest of the full gear card pans out. I can see them doing whoever wins the Eliminator tournament now gets a shot at World's End instead of Winter is Coming. So a lot of that will have to transpire. And I th always thought that either Hangman or Swerve Strickland was going to win the Eliminator tournament. But we have a lot more options with Warlow and Samoa Joe now. So, yeah gotta see i, I would i, would I think i think mjf retains yes yeah i i would think one of the i the two guys you mentioned at the end it's either wardlow or it's uh samoa joe i think that that'll be your your main event um i would say probably samoa joe because joe is technically a bad guy he's a heel even though he's a cool heel and people love him uh but they don't want to get wardlow booed in in new york which he would so i would say probably samoa i think joe. wardlow's a heel wardlow's a heel now yeah, he definitely does have that. I don't give an F. He pushed Tony Schiavone down. One yeah, of the biggest true. baby faces in the company. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, all right. So maybe I'll I'll change it. It's Wardlow. Yeah, I, I, it'll probably. Be Wardlow. I, I, I think I think that actually is is actually a stronger story of World's End because you have the whole story of Wardlow. He has beaten him, destroyed him and stuff and now he's coming after him trying to get everything from him so yeah it kind of fits with the theme of the of the show and as a threat to mjf's title reign as we said at the top of the show the former baddest woman on the planet is back in pro wrestling 
very quickly after saying she was pretty much retired uh, from pro wrestling, showing up Ronda Rousey in Revolver. And she's going to be making her debut in a match uh, for that promotion November 16th or November 18th. One of those uh, one of those dates coming up here soon uh, next month. SP3, uh, your thoughts on Ronda Rousey returning to wrestling so quickly and it being at a in a much smaller promotion than WWE. That means she's doing it for the love of the game. And y'all try to say she ain't love wrestling. She's doing it for the love of the game. She's doing it for fun. She's working with Marina Shafir. She's doing it for charity. Bravo to Ronda Rousey. Bravo. Yeah, I and love this. Love she this. Is, she is working on the show with uh, Ring of Honor Women's World Champion Athena. Swerve Strickland. Marina Shafir works for AEW. John Moxley works very closely with Revolver and even books people, apparently, because a lot of these AEW people really feel like it's only because Moxley worked with Revolver and is best friends with Sammy Callahan and why they're, they're able to work these shows. So, yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about, SP3. Interesting. None whatsoever. Well, well, I, I don't That's know shit. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> No clue what you're talking about on that one, but yeah, I, I, I did. I did love it being announced and then WWE uh, moving her to the alumni section immediately. Immediately, it's almost like they wait for people to pop up in other companies. Like, oh yeah, can we get her off our page, please? Yeah, thanks. Uh, I mean, they had Sasha Banks up there for how many months before she shows up in New Japan and they finally pull her from the damn page? But uh, regardless, yeah, this, um, this, I love this. I love everything about this because I feel like this gives her a chance to rediscover her love for the business to work with people that she enjoys working with, to work with people that she trusts, uh, to get just to, to do that part of the business that people always knocked her for. They always knocked her first. Oh, you were a star in UFC and you just came in and you got the red carpet treatment. You didn't have to work your way up. Now she's saying a few people, I'm going to go out. I'm going to go work some indie dates. I'm going to have some fun. And you know what? Maybe you people will fucking respect, me, <laughs> respect me now. When I show up in AEW or I return back to WWE, if if she can hone her craft, practice it, get down at the, the lower levels and have some fun again, good, do it. it. Ain't hurting nobody. I love it. I love it. And hopefully she she gets better. She gets more comfortable in the business. She learns a few things. And yeah, she maybe she comes, she shows up in AEW or she comes back to WWE and she's bigger and better and better than ever. And everything is great. I absolutely Love this 100%. Go to AEW if you want to stay in wrestling, Rondas. These WWE fans don't appreciate you. I'm saying, I said it. It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. Time for the five count. These are the five biggest questions that at least I have come up with for SP3 today. And we are going to stay in women's wrestling because we had another world championship match that was announced for this coming Saturday at crown jewel. EO sky will be defending horror her, her WWE WWE women's championship against the returning Bianca Belair. She came out on SmackDown and said, I was stewing and I was sitting I couldn't do anything physically. All I could do was think about how I'm going to exact my revenge against damage control for the attack. And the big elaborate plan that she came up with was to ask Nick Aldis for a title match. And she got it. <laughs> and that was her entire plan. And she exacted it to perfection. She'll face Bailey this Friday on 
uh, SmackDown. And spoiler alert, she's going to beat Bailey this Friday on SmackDown. So she'll win on SmackDown. She'll beat Bailey. Uh, she can't touch Dakota Kai right now because she's injured. And she will get her opportunity against EO Sky in Saudi Arabia. Now, SP3, if you think back to two years ago, Nikki A.S.H. gets her big moment, elevated up to the main event scene. She cashes in her money in the bank against Charlotte Flair. She has the belt for about four or five weeks, puts on some good matches, but the entire story was, does she really deserve it? Is she really a world champion? Is she faces Charlotte Flair a month later, I believe at SummerSlam, and she loses, and now she's sticking her head in pumpkins. Uh, we get last year, Liv Morgan cashes in on Ronda Rousey. Oh, is she is she really as good as she says to you? Does she really deserve the championship? Doesn't really beat Ronda Rousey in the rematch. She beats Shayna Baszler in Saudi Arabia, and then, oh, she loses the title right back to Ronda Rousey like after six weeks, and yeah, she at least stayed elevated enough to get into the tag team division and win some gold, but she wasn't ever considered for the main event again afterwards. And now we have EO sky who's had some good title defenses. Who's had some good, who's had some good wins, albeit gotten some help from Bailey. She cashes in on Bianca Belair and now she is set to defend against Bianca Belair for the past two years. SP three, when they had a chance to make, a new main event level star and have them solidify their money in the bank cash ins by beating the former champions. They have turned around and put the titles right back onto the champions. Is history going to repeat itself this Saturday as Bianca Belair walking out with the WWE women's championship? You know what? WWE is smart. One of my biggest struggles with doing this show is that WWE isn't awful anymore. So I'm going to believe that WWE is going to make the right decision and they're going to have EO Sky beat Bianca Belair on Saturday because EO Sky has not only proven herself in the ring as one of the best wrestlers in WWE. Yes, I said wrestlers, not female wrestlers, just one of the best wrestlers in WWE. But she's actually a ratings jaw, a draw. It's her LA Knight, Roman Reigns, John Cena, and it's EO Sky. Like that's been the draws the last couple of weeks for, for SmackDown. So if EO Sky is drawing, she's doing well as champion. You keep the title on her. At least let her get through the year. I can see her dropping the title before Mania, but I would like that to be through like the elimination chamber. She defends it in the chamber. Then she can lose to Bianca. If you want to do Bianca versus Charlotte at Mania 40, you could do it then. I think she retains on Saturday. I really, really hope so. You can't do the same damn thing. that Now, granted, this title run has gone longer than the previous two, a lot longer than the previous two. We're going to be getting into November here with EO Sky as the champion. And again, she's beaten Charlotte. She's beaten Asuka. Yeah, she got some help to do it, but who cares? She's, she's racked up the wins against two of the all-time greats in the women's division. That's a great start. Already off to a much better start than what we got with with both Liv and Nikki, the two examples that I just brought up. But you cannot repeat history for a third time here. I know Bianca got screwed. That's the whole point of the Money in the Bank cash-in. Let's not hotshot the title right back onto her. Really solidify EO's win. Have her get the W. Don't even have her get help. Like, I want I want Bianca to beat Bailey's ass so bad on Friday that Bailey is not even on screen in Saudi Arabia. And EO has to beat the EST clean one, two, three. If she's really a draw, if you're really building her up, give her that really rock solid solidifying win. I don't think that's going to happen. No, no, it ain't going to happen. It's fine. It's fine. Even if Bailey's injured, the X factor has been Dakota. 
Oh, Logan. yeah, yeah, for sure. Dakota, Dakota's going to do something. You know Dakota's going to do something, but regardless. Um, I'm hopeful that EO retains, but I, I just can't shake this feeling that Bianca's going to win the title back. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, I was very, very wrong last Tuesday, SP3, because we did nothing like, by the way, doing an entire show on a Tuesday afternoon. Our entire opening story is about Rhea Ripley and how they're going to book her and how they're going to book Becky Lynch ahead of this, this, this clash of the Titans, this night one WrestleMania. And then before I can even get the audio up on the podcast channel, SP3, half of my argument is cooked because Becky Lynch has dropped the NXT Women's Championship to Live Valkyria. She loses night one of Halloween Havoc. I clearly did not see that one coming. How surprised are you that her reign ended after 42 days? Very surprised because it was going very well. It was a success in the ratings. It was a success for uh, getting different women on TV, getting them eyes on them. I thought Becky Lynch did very, very well in a promo last night on Monday Night Raw, kind of indicated how much she has done and how little Rhea or Roman have done as champion <laughs> this year. Uh, so, yes, I was very surprised. I didn't think it was the right time to put the title on Lyra, despite it all the signs kind of being there ever since she was in the finals of the tournament yeah. that Tiffany won, that she was going to be probably next in line to get the women's championship. I, uh, I don't know. I just felt like, you know, Jay Cargo beating Becky Lynch was a better story or Roxanne Perez getting back on top. I think Lyra can make something of this, but. Right now, it kind of feels like when Ember Moon won the women's championship after Asuka's great reign. It, it, it almost felt like this was Becky's call. Like, yeah, now I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm that is total pure speculation. I don't know shit. Like, genuinely, I don't know shit. It feels like this was Becky's call. Like, Becky's travel schedule is already insane. Working Raw, working NXT on back-to-back -back nights, having these open challenges, it's great. But look, and she's a fucking superhero, but there's only so much that this woman can do for so long. Um, it kind of felt like she was like, all right, I'll do this. I want to do this. I'll set up. There's so many different people, but I want to drop the title to my fellow Irishman. I want to set up Lyra uh, to be the big star that I think that she is. I feel like this was Becky's decision, which I'm, I'm cool with it. Uh, in the way that Becky lost, where it was the roll-up pin, it was kind of like a, okay, you got me, but you didn't really beat me kind of a pin. But still, she earned it. It was it was a really good match. I loved what Becky Lynch did with this reign. And I, as happy as I was for Lyra, I, I'm pissed that Becky doesn't have this title. But if anything, what she has done proves that there is a need and an ability to book a secondary women's championship. Because that's kind of how the NXT Women's Championship was treated on Monday Night Raw. It was treated like the women's version of the IC title. And it was the title in the women's division on Monday Night Raw for the past 42 days. So hopefully they, they look at that as a case study and go, okay, yeah, if we're if we want to do it, if we want to commit to something, we're fine with this. We we can do this and we can make it make it successful. So hopefully that's where it goes from here. But uh yeah, man, I, I was very, very shocked by this. But the more and more I think about it, her schedule's gonna be lighter. I think maybe this was her her call. So again, I don't know. It, it just yeah, it seemed like there was a lot more that they could have done with it, especially since they're teasing, oh, well, Zaya's going to challenge for her next, and so-and-so is going to challenge for her after that. And then, it's, oh, no, no, she's just done. She's done here. But at least they continued the Zaya and, and, and Becky thing last night. Let's dive into what we've seen recently on Monday Night Raw here, SP3. I want to play a little game. I tease us at the top of the show. Trick or treat when it comes to the work that is being done to build up the women's and tag team divisions on Raw. Ever since. 
The report broke that Vince McMahon has been pulled from WWE Creative by Ari Emanuel, the CEO of TKO. Uh, things have changed on Monday Night Raw, and it has been very, very clear the changes that have happened. Uh, DIY is back together to help solidify that tag team division, right? Uh, you have the Alpha Academy that is getting more and more screen time as the solidified tag team. The Creed Brothers made their debut last night on Monday Night Raw, and there wasn't any, oh, well, we need to alter their character or do this, that, or that. We're getting There's none of that old bullshit from an NXT call-up. It was, here's the freaking Creed Brothers. They're awesome. Watch them lift Otis off the ground and just obliviate him and win a damn matchup. Uh, I also now really want to see uh, uh, um, Ivy Nile versus Maxine Dupree. Uh, so, you know, just doing that little setup there was was great between those two. So they've done all of that. They've really kind of built up this tag team division. And the depth is there. You still got New Day uh, floating around, which had a spectacular uh, costume last night, uh, cosplaying as uh, as Judgment Day. They always do well on Halloween. And then you look at all the different women that have started to show up on the show, 15, 16. Now an additional one uh, with Ivy Nile that has popped up. They are starting, may not know where it's going to go. They may be insignificant, but they're little story additions. What what the fuck is going on with Nikki Cross right now? I have no idea. I don't know how she's cat, why she's catatonic, or how she can stay that still while Chelsea Green is literally screaming in her face. Uh, but she did a spectacular job of not moving last night. There's these little subtle stories that they're starting to build up. Candice LeRae, even though she got knocked out in two minutes last night against Zia Lee, she still got a vignette. They're putting story. They're putting effort behind all of this. There is groundwork that is being done. Triple H knowing he has to build these, even though they're, they're talented and the hardcore fans know, we know how good these people are and we want them to succeed immediately as P3. He knows he has to build them up for the casual audience. He has to put in the sweat equity with these stars. So the groundwork is being laid. Is it going to be a trick or a treat for a lot of these people? And for us down the line, when these stars finally start to get cooking here. Um, I hate, I hate to, you know, respond in this way. Cause Rick gave that big intro for this, but um, yeah, works being done. Good. I guess I, I don't care. I don't care yet. It's just being built up. It's just, it's just, it's being built up. I think that this, I, I know, I know it's Halloween, but I think that we, we could, we could come back to this question in like a month and we could be like, okay, was the work actually done or was it kind That's of, what I'm saying? Like, what do you think anything is actually thing? going to come out of this? Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's all the new world. I don't know if Vince, I don't know if Vince is gonna come in three months from now and ruin everything. For now, it's good. It's good. I think it's good. good. I don't. I don't care. A, a lot of the stuff you just named, I don't care about a lot of that stuff. Alpha Academy and Creed Brothers, that was great. That whole stuff with the the trick or treat street fight, I uh, I toned out. Great, great. Nikki Cross can stay still. Great. Congratulations. Toned out. I, I, yeah, I, I tuned that out. Um, what other tag team stuff? New Day, uh, New Day just feels like they're just not as over as they once were. Uh, Biggie being out has a lot to do with it. Yeah, I have that and the fact that they WWE don't seem like they care about them too, too much. They just put them on camera to make jokes. Like, okay, cool. It's New Day. 
cock. All right. Uh, the, the women's division, I've said it last week. I'll say it here. I like the fact that more women are getting on TV. Doesn't seem like the crowds cared, though, yet, like me. So that's what I'm saying. Like, this is more of a question for a few months from now. Not right now. When we're just a few weeks in to them caring and doing work. You can't, you can't, like, this is like, this is literally, like, someone got hired in September. And we are here on Halloween being like, let's, let's look at your work. Like, 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 come on. We only, he's only been working for like a month and a half. Do we even have a probationary period? No, I, I've been in most jobs. Three months is a three month is a three month probational period. Even, uh, even, even when you get out of jail, three months of probation. It ain't, it ain't 90 days of freaking probation. We ain't we ain't trying to date someone from Venezuela. We ain't trying to date someone from Brazil and get married to them. We don't have ninety days to figure this stuff out. All right, we'll figure this one out for me. Why are more stars stepping up to challenge Gunther for the Intercontinental Title than Seth Rollins, a hobbled Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship right now? You, you see. You, you see, every time I'm disappointed in Rick for a question, he then comes back with an excellent question. <laughs> I was wondering the same goddamn question. Like, I literally, I literally did not tweet during Monday Night Raw. I, I started watching late. I didn't tweet on True Hill Heat. I didn't tweet on my own account. But, what, like, like, 90 minutes into that show, I was like, yo, why is everybody want Gunther as the Intercontinental title? And no one gives a damn that Seth Rollins hasn't wrestled a goddamn singles match on TV in four months. What? And then, and then the commentary, commentary had the, the unmitigated gall, the audacity to say, Seth Rollins, he really can't keep up with this breakneck speed. Yo, yo, I don't really, I don't really say this all the time. Because I don't like to say this because I like to be proper and professional. But my niggas, yo. <laughs> Four months. Four months without a, without a single smash on TV. <laughs> it's not a break next week. I don't even know how to respond to that. Uh... <laughs> But I, I think I think a good friend, Corey Michaels, shouts out to him. Corey Michaels of Bodyslam.net. Shout out to him. He commented when I put that question out on Twitter, and he came up with the best answer that I heard. Gunther has basically established himself as an obstacle that everyone wants to overcome, whereas Seth Rollins was kind of just given a consolation prize. Yeah, I and that's kind of where my mindset was on it too, where it's almost like excuse me, uh Gunther himself. It's not even the IC title. It's just I want to be the guy who takes it off of Gunther. Yeah. Like this guy has reached 500 days. He hasn't been pinned. Like I want to be the guy that does that. And I think there's also another avenue that you could look at it and this is just me going outside the realm of, of things. If there was a way to kind of tell the story there and make it known that People don't want to deal with the money in the bank briefcase right now. So they're kind of like waiting to call their shot until after that whole mess has sorted itself out. If there's a way to portray that on screen in some way, shape or form, like I can sit here and draw different conclusions. And those were the two biggest ones that I came up with is one Gunther's now the mountain. And two, there is 
this okay do i really want to challenge damian do i really want to challenge seth rollins while damian priest is money in the bank and have that dude in the judgment day lurking over my shoulder and be right there like there there is go ahead yeah what I, th- I think the only solution to this, honestly, they're at the point, Rick, that the only solution is Gunther goes after the World Heavyweight Championship. Because that's the only way the world title will be viewed on the IC title status. It doesn't matter if they they all of a sudden be like, oh, yeah, we don't want to go after the world title because of money. In it. Yeah, that's, that's that's all fine and dandy, but seems kind of a little bit, kind of seems tacked on. The only way you reverse the course and start to build more prestige and more importance on this World Heavyweight Championship is the one guy who's beating everybody now wants that. You got to get the... Uh, do you do title for title? It's you... title for title. I honestly feel like it's title. it has to be title for title. It has to be Gunther. Gunther has beating everyone who comes up and challenges him. And now he says, now I want that one. Yeah. You basically just have, man, that would be such the like ultimate heel maneuver is for nobody to beat Gunther. He just literally pulls the Goldberg where he wins the world heavyweight championship and says, all right, I'm done. And he drops the IC title down like Goldberg did with the U S title in WCW. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then you could have a tournament to crown the new IC champion or whatever the hell you want to do it. But Gunther's just like, I've been champion for 600 days. Now I'm the world heavyweight champion. Like we're done here. I, I don't yep. need the IC title now. There you go. Someone else. Y'all can fight for it. Yeah. That's I feel what, like, he, he, I don't feel like that's what doing, it. he should hold on to it. And then he relinquishes it at WrestleMania and they do a ladder match to determine the new intercontinental champion at WrestleMania. Yeah. You could do like 16. You could do like every single person that he's beaten over the last 500 days, just duking it out. <laughs> but then you make the IC title feel like a consolation prize. Here's the we couldn't beat Gunther ladder match, but it's better the IC title than the world heavyweight champion. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just saying the, uh, the IC title, you are next in line after Gunther. You are next in line. I love what they've done with Gunther. Uh, John Moxley making some headlines ever since he returned, uh, from his concussion, very well documented SP three. He was, uh, not thrilled with how his match with, uh, uh, Ray Fenix went down on, on dynamite, uh, where the referee did not get the cues, did not notice how, uh, off his rocker he was more than usual in, in that matchup. And the fact that Penta had to hit his finisher twice before before John Moxley had to drop that man on his already concussed head twice before the referee got clued in. Oh, we need to end this because y'all, you ain't in a good spot. Um, John did an interview saying, hey, look, we need to have some kind of, you know, precaution in place here. If you show any kind of signs of concussion symptoms, call the match, end it right there and then. I don't care what the stakes are. I don't care what the story dictates. I don't care how much time you're going to have to fill afterwards. The health of the performer uh, needs to come first. And this is a rhetorical question here, SP3. Should pro wrestling do as John Moxley su- uh, suggests and adopt a concussion protocol? Fuck yeah, they should. Absolutely, they should. Th- One million, oh, yeah. million, trillion percent. I love this idea. I hope that they incorporate it. Like you can call it the John Moxley concussion protocol for all I give a fuck. Like, seriously, I don't think they will do that, but this, this day and age of, Oh, you got to finish the match. 
that that's the old school mentality. No matter what, you got to finish the match. Uh, Undertaker or had no idea, like doesn't remember his WrestleMania match with with Brock Lesnar. Can't be doing that stuff nowadays. Like I get it, it's WrestleMania, and there's you know extenuating circumstances, and you find a way to finish the match. Whatever. Like you you got you. <laughs> You have to protect your performers at all costs, especially a, a, against themselves. They do this in the NFL, and the NFL is freaking king of everything. It doesn't matter if it's a Super Bowl. If dude bro is out on his feet, he's out of the damn game. They need to do this in pro wrestling as well. Yeah. I mean, this is an easy yes, like no-brainer, like definitely. They have to do this. It's just about the protection and the safety of the performers. We want to see professional wrestling uh, keep going. And that's the only way they have to adapt and a uh, concussion protocol is the best way to do that. Yeah. I look, I get finishing. If you tear your quad or you have a, some kind of a joint injury or something, find a way, finish the match. You separate your shoulder, find a way, finish the match. Fine. I understand that Cody Rhodes getting cleared for the doctors to wrestle with a torn pec. Great. When you start talking about head injuries and concussions, that is a horse of a different color and you need to protect your uh, your talent at all costs, and hopefully WWE, AEW, and frankly, every other, every single other wrestling promotion does something like that, because what happened to John should not happen uh, yeah. to anybody else, period, end of story. SP3, what you got going on on True Heel Heat this week? Uh, back at it, uh, we had a couple of days off. No flagship podcast last weekend, so we'll be back on Saturday, 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time with the True Hill Heat flagship podcast, but I'll be live tomorrow at 12.05 p.m. Eastern Time with our WWE Crown Jewel preview. Myself and Romeo breaking down this Saturday's card. We also got a Power Struggle preview. We got plenty of great content, so check out the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. Make and sure subscribe to, to bodyslam.net YouTube yes. channel where I'm the new media manager. And we're starting up with our post shows tomorrow with our post AEW Dynamite show with Lyric and Low. Very excited for the ladies to give their perspective and support them. So check it out. I love the fact that Body Slam has like two or three like all female review shows there's so many talented female wrestling journalists interviewers analysts whatever title you want to put on their names the more platforms they have the better uh two of the best are going to be joining me on thursday here on the believe in pro wrestling youtube channel and iridium fiero and cresta the stars we preview and predict every single match for crown jewel uh well let's just call it ladies week for the rest of the week here on believe in pro wrestling because tomorrow my interview with Shayna baszler will drop at noon here on the channel talking everything crown jewel and just how badly she got her ass beat in that match with ronda rousey at SummerSlam. here's a tease it might have been the biggest ass whooping she ever received in her entire fighting career so we will dive into all of that and so much more. Make sure to subscribe to the channel and retweet my pinned tweet. Tomorrow, we will pick out two winners to get two tickets to the Kia Forum uh, for AEW Full Gear. This is the tweet you want to look for. Retweet this, my top tweet. You have to do that, and you have to be a subscriber to the channel to get registered, and we will select two winners. Uh, tomorrow until then enjoy your all hallows eve festivities sp3 and myself will be back next tuesday 2 15 right here election day we get we got election day oh wait crap uh no i have to work until three that day we're gonna have to figure something else out uh we'll we'll figure out a time i forgot I, my day job takes precedent it's a big election here in ohio so we'll figure some shit out we'll figure out when we can get back on the air next week uh 
But regardless, enjoy this show. Enjoy everything else we got coming up this week. Follow us on Twitter. We'll let you all know the next time we're going to be on the air. This has been the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.